that would. First John one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. Amen. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from, from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this letter that has been preserved for us. This encouragement from the pastor to his congregation of things that we need to know, God, from life. We acknowledge that you are the light of the world. We acknowledge that you are the life that we can have. And we thank you for your life this morning, God. And we pray that each one of us would receive the life that Jesus Christ offers us. And we thank you, God, for your love this morning. But God, we pray now that you would take us forward, that you would help us to learn what it means to walk in the light, God. I pray that today, as I proclaim this word, God, that your spirit would just cause it to have an effect in everyone that hears it, God, that we together might be transformed by your word, God, that we might become uh, full of more light in our life, God, that we would, we would get rid of the darkness, the darkness would be just expelled, God, and that we would live in the light that we would live in the joy and the love and the peace, everything that you want us to live in, God. And we pray, God, I pray that the people here this morning, God, that you would transform them, not just to feel good about themselves, Lord, but to, but to be people who go into this world and make a difference, make a positive difference, God, because you are the light of the world. And only in you, Christ, only in you can we find life, God. So I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear your word spoken to us this morning, God. Lord, we just thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you'll see in the text it says, Paul, or John, begins by saying, this is something we've seen. This is something we've heard. I want to teach you how to walk in the light, but first let me remind you of where this comes from. This was not just an idea that we developed on our own, but you need to understand, John, first of all, says, I was there. I saw it. I experienced all of this. I testified to it. And you understand why this is important? It's not that the Bible is just a random book, especially the New Testament, right? Where we just say, well, we just decide to follow these words on a page. But they come from the authority of the apostles. And the apostles were the ones that were with Jesus. They were the ones that lived with him. They actually heard his words as they were spoken out of his mouth. And I want us to understand this morning that that is the basis of our life in Christ. If we're going to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, we need to understand that what he taught 
what he said, and what he did. That's the basis. That's the beginning of our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus Christ or what it means to walk in the light. And I get concerned because I feel like so many people today say that they follow Jesus Christ, but how many of us really know everything he said? Do we read his words? Do we understand what he taught and the way that he lived? Because you will see someone claiming to be a Christian, right? But yet they're not really looking a whole lot like Jesus. And there's a huge disconnect. And you'll even understand from just this first passage that we read that John is concerned about that. You see, John had some issues with his church. Amen. We like to think sometimes the church was so perfect back then. Well, no, it was messed up like every church is messed up. All right. So you just need to know that right now. If you're looking for the perfect church, God bless you. Keep going because you won't find it here. Amen. And some of you already know you haven't found it. Right. And we know that there is no perfect church. We know that we struggle. Right. And that we need correction. We need rebuke. We need instruction. We need reminding of what Jesus said. Right. We need to understand that we need to continue to walk in the light. And so he's telling us, listen, you need to be real about what's happening. I have these concerns that there are some who are claiming to be Christians, but they're really just destroying the work of God in the church. You want to know what it was in his church? I'll just give you a little background. There was a couple of things. First of all, there were people that thought they had these special spiritual experiences, like they had these visions that gave them greater authority over everyone else, right? And you guys know how that works, right? Has anybody ever came up to you and said, well, the Lord told me, or well, I guess I can't say anything to that, right? I mean, I can't argue with that because you're claiming that authority. But John is saying, wait, wait, wait a minute. It's one thing to say that, but is it true or not? Is it really true or not? And these people were arrogant. They were putting themselves above the other people in the church. They were saying, oh, we're better than you. We're better than you because we have this special knowledge. We have this special knowledge. And then they were going so far as even saying, you know, we don't even, we don't even really sin. You know, we're just so good. We're just so great. You know, they're walking around in this arrogance. And John's like writing them saying, you can't do that. That's not the way of Jesus. That's not walking in the light. That's not being real about what's happening. And he starts off by saying, remember that this is something that we saw, that we heard, that we touched. There was a reality to their experience that was the basis for their faith, their life, their teaching, everything else, right? And so many of us have a secondhand faith, don't we? We base it on what we've heard. So many of us live off the stories of what other people have experienced, amen? But have you experienced it for yourself? When was the last time you saw God? When was the last time you heard His voice? When have you touched and felt the presence of the Holy Spirit? I want that for each and every one of you. I don't want you just to get excited because you hear somebody else's story of what they experienced with Christ. You should have such a hunger that you say, God, I want it for myself. I want to experience you for myself. And here's the thing. Jesus ascended into heaven, right? And the disciples were a little freaked out, as you can imagine, because they had Jesus, God in the flesh. And that must have been really cool and scary and weird all at the same time, right? And they're like, we got you right here. But if you leave us, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus said, don't worry, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Holy Spirit allows us to have the same tangible, real experiences with God that we can have. Amen? Amen? If not, then what are we doing? If not, then what is it about? If not, then we're just another church. We're just going through the motions. We're just feeling good for a minute. And we're walking out of here and nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. Amen. And I hope that we're at a point in our society in our lives where we're tired of the talk. 
If you're gonna talk that talk, then you better walk that walk. Oh, somebody stop me before I start singing those pop songs. And my daughter makes me listen to you all the time. If you're gonna walk that walk, then you better, if you're gonna talk that talk, then you better walk that walk, right? And in 2018, God has laid upon our hearts that this would be the year of visible transformation. That we can see it, right? And that's why John is writing this letter. He's like, look, I saw it with my own eyes. And I'm looking at the way you're living and I ain't seeing it. And I need you to come out of the darkness. And I need you to come into the light. And so we see from chapter 1 that that's the first theme of John in his writing to his church. That God is light. God is light and in him there is no darkness. Remember the scriptures read? God is light and in him there is no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him, then we can't be in the darkness anymore. And I believe that light is the way that he's talking about truth. He said, I'm talking about truth, reality, the way things really are, right? The way things really are because when you turn on the light, then you can see how things really are, right? Things can look a little weird in the dark, right? You, now you can't see as well. You can see a little bit. You can see a shape, right? You can kind of figure out what's going on. But when you turn on that light, then you see what it really is, right? Then you see what the truth is. So when you live in the light, you live in the truth. Now he continues to develop this throughout his throughout 1 John. And I encourage you to take time on your own and read more 1 John. Read what he's talking about. He's going to talk about how God is love. So these are the two things that John is concerned about this morning. So we're going to talk about love and light in the context that God is light and God is love. So we're going to talk about truth and we're going to talk about love this morning. He said these are the marks of walking in the light. These are the marks of a true Christian community of true people who follow Jesus Christ, who are being visibly transformed by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see truth. And you're going to see love. And you're going to see the reality of that. And it's not enough to just claim it. It's not enough to just say it. We need to walk it out together. Amen? So let's do a quick review of what we talked about last week. Because last week was the foundation for this, okay? And I don't want to go over the ground too much again. But I, but I want to go over it a little bit just to remind us. Because we always want to proclaim the gospel, right? Last week when we looked at God's, John's gospel, John 1, it's very similar to 1 John 1. Right? Because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So he talks about light there in the beginning of John. And then in 1 John, he begins again. He's like taking them back to the beginning that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God. In fact, John, when he got to the end of his gospel, remember, he only picked seven signs, seven miracles to talk about. Even though Jesus probably did hundreds of them. He picked seven. And at the end of his gospel, he said, I picked these seven for this reason, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. This is the reason that I'm doing this, is so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of God, God in the flesh, come to us. You must believe about Jesus Christ. So the very first way that we walk out of darkness into the light is that if we reject Jesus, if we reject his claims of being God, if we turn away from Jesus Christ, then we are walking in the darkness. Amen. We are. We are walking in the darkness. Now, some people are in the darkness and they don't understand it. Some people are living in maybe in other religions, other places, other, you know, until we know, we don't know until we know, right? And so we're walking in darkness, but God is guiding people to the light. Amen. But once you see the light, once you hear the claims of Jesus, 
I'm putting you on notice this morning because after today, you're going to know and you're going to hear. And then if you choose to walk away once you know, then you're rejecting Jesus Christ. You're saying, no, thanks. I'm good on my own. I don't need it. And that's to walk in the darkness. So to walk in the light is to believe and receive Jesus Christ. John again said, look, the true light came into the world. He came to that which was his own, and they didn't even receive him. They, they rejected him. They turned away from his message. But to those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that's what I hope and pray for each and every one of you, like we said last week, that you would believe and receive Jesus Christ. So if you feel like your life is a little bit in the darkness, and maybe it's not dark, dark, but it's like dusk or it's like half dark or something, you know, your first step is to believe and receive Jesus Christ. In fact, you're going to continue to wander around and stumble and get frustrated again and again until you come to that point, right? When you come to that point, then you're going to understand the true light that is always your guiding light that you're always going to be able to come back to. All right, so let's continue on. Walking, we're talking about walking in the darkness versus walking in the light. And we're going to talk about it how it, as it relates to truth and as it relates to love. Amen? So we're going to begin here. We're going to contrast walking in the darkness and walking in the light as it relates to truth. Okay? Walking in the darkness is the denial of sin in our life. Look again at 1 John 1. 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth is not in us. You understand that? That if we deny that there is any sin in our life, and people deny that there's sin, right? People deny that they're even doing something wrong, right? Because we just ignore it. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to deal with it. I thought of a story that might illustrate this in a, in a little bit of a, a weird kind of strange way. So, so hang on, okay? Hang, hang on to your hats for just a minute. When I lived in Ohio, um, which was several years ago, I met a couple that was a part of the church I was at who were both doctors. And as doctors, you know, you have to do your internships, right? And you often get assigned to places that aren't necessarily the best places, amen, right? You get assigned to emergency rooms, amen, that aren't necessarily the greatest. So they would tell us stories of their intern emergency room experiences. And they were like eye-popping stories or whatever. And one story I remember kind of illustrates this, this point. They said a man came in, and the man came in, and he complained that his head was hurting. His head was hurting, he had this pain in his head, he had this headache he couldn't get rid of. So he came into the, finally came into the emergency room and said, I, I, gotta, I gotta do something for the pain in my head. So the, the guy took him, the doctor took him and said, okay, well, let's examine you. And he said, well, he had a head wrap on. He didn't know what kind it was, but he had something wrapped in his head. He thought that was just, you know, his style. You know, he just had something wrapped on his head. He said, well, I'm gonna need you to take off, you know, your head wrap covering thing so that I can, you know, look at it and see what's going on. Well, the, the guy unwraps it and come to find out it wasn't like there for fashion. It wasn't there for his culture or any reason, uh, but he had wrapped his head because he had an open sore on his head about the size of a, of a softball. And when he looked at it, inside were maggots that were moving around. So he had lived so long with the open wound, he just covered it up. He just denied that it was there. Until the flies came and put in AIDS, and then the maggots came out, and then it started to move around, and he thought, I, something's wrong, i got to go get it fixed, right? But he still came in in denial. He had it covered up. 
I mean, here he is suffering like that, and he's acting like nothing's wrong. How many of you know people that act like nothing's wrong, amen? Even though everybody else knows there's something going on, right? How many of you know people that are hiding, that are denying things, and you're like, dude, everyone can see what's going on, all right? There is a problem, right? Amen. You look in the mirror, this is a problem, right? But we wait so long. We're in denial so long. We live in the darkness so long that we wait until that sin festers, until that sin just gets worse, until it gets almost too late, right? And then we cry out, oh, why am I in this pain? Why am I in this struggle? Well, because you need to go to God a little sooner. You need to go to the doctor a little quicker. Amen. You need to take care of that before it gets to a point where, you know, it's, it's that bad. But I think spiritually we do that, right? Spiritually we deny, right? We try to act like everything's okay. We cover it up. We don't want people to see what's going on in our life, right? We act like there isn't sin, you know? Another way we deny sin is we minimize it, right? So we minimize it. We say, well, at least I'm not doing this, right? I'm not out committing acts of terrorism. I'm not going out killing people. I'm not stealing thousands or millions of dollars from my work. So we say, so therefore I'm pretty good, right? And pretty good. And really what you're doing is you're really denying sin because you're minimizing it, saying it's not that bad, or you don't understand, or I had to do it, or this is what this person did this, this person did that, and I've got to do this, right? All of the excuses we have are really just denying that something is wrong with us. Oh, man, maybe I get a little too excited, but as a pastor, this is what you get. (laughs) And I'm sure in other professions, you get it too sometimes when you're dealing with people. You get a long line of people, right, that are always, like, complaining about how bad things are, and it's always somebody else or everybody else or something else's fault that I'm like, yeah, but you're here right now, and you got a wound on your head, and you've been wrapping it up. (laughs) Do you want to get better? Do you? That's why Jesus asked people, do you want to be healed? You would think people would say, yeah, of course I want to be healed, but ah, no. There are people that aren't yet ready to receive the work of God in their life, right? Because they're in denial. They're hiding it. You know, they're living in the darkness. And I think it's not necessarily those big sins that trip a lot of us up, but it's those subtle sins, right? It's those ones that stay hidden. I'm thinking like pride, arrogance, and greed. Because those are sins that we honor, Right? We'll look at someone that's successful, right? Someone that's in power. Someone that has a position and they're arrogant and they're greedy and they're just like not very good people. But we honor that. We honor that and say, oh, look at how successful they are, right? And, and, and we just say, oh, that's good. And those subtle sins get inside of us, right? And we, and we don't even know that they're there. We deny them because we call what is wrong right. And we call what is bad good. And we have all kinds of people in our world today. Hear me carefully. Hear me carefully. I don't like to, to single out specific things very often in my sermon. I don't. Because I believe that God is a God who judges our hearts first. Gets us right and then gives us the ability to see other things. And a lot of times I'm not talking about one particular person or thing. But I'm talking about something that's going on in our society, right? And one of the things that's going on right now that we need to be aware of, that you need to be aware of, especially if you are not a Christian or you don't go to church. There are a lot of people right now who are claiming to be Christian, but they are not walking in the light. They are walking in darkness because they are arrogant, they are prideful, and and, and they're just not representing the true message of Jesus Christ. You know, we we need to acknowledge that, and we need to pray. 
Amen. Is that my is that my dancing music? Is that alright? Never gonna dance on out. There you go, John. Nothing like being embarrassed by your pastor when you forgot to turn off your phone, right? Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just being truthful. I'm <laughs> just living in the truth, right? We're just saying it. So if we, want to, if we want to walk in the light as it relates to the truth, then John tells us how we do it. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All we got to do is be honest, confess and repent, right? I think it's time for us to just be honest. That's what it means to walk in the light. And my first challenge to all of us this morning is just be honest. Just be honest. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of losing? Are you afraid of losing your reputation? Well, you might have lost it already. (laughs) You might as well just go ahead and be honest. Because chances are there are people that already know the real you. That you're still trying to hide from. Just be honest. What have you got to lose? So you're sinful. So you made a mistake. So you messed up. Yes, we all do. The Bible says we all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God, right? So I'm going to spend all my time complaining about somebody else. I need to look at my life first, right? I've always said when you look at the Bible, it is first of all a mirror, not a magnifying glass. You know what I'm talking about? When I say the Bible is a mirror, not a magnifying glass, right? Because we want to use the Bible to look at somebody else and to magnify, oh, you're so bad. And it's a horrible magnifying glass. Don't use the Bible like a magnifying glass. Use the Bible like a mirror that shows you what you really look like, right? What's really going on. That's what it's about. That's when you see the true you, right? That's when I look in that mirror and I'm like, who is that old dude? I don't recognize him, but it shows me the truth of who I am and where I'm at. The Bible the same way. Hold the Bible up to your own life. Say, God, show me the truth about myself. Let me be honest about myself. I don't want to deny my sin anymore. I don't want to minimize my sin. I don't want to hide anymore. I want to come out of hiding. I want to come into the light. And I want to say, you know what? Yes, this is who I am. I have sinned. I have fallen short. I have messed up. I have hurt myself. And I have hurt other people. Yes, I did. And I repent. I'm sorry. I want to change my ways. I confess. And I repent. And the great promise of the scripture and of Almighty God is that what? If we confess our sins, God is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us, to purify us. That, That means to scrub away the stain. Scrub away the stain. Scrub away the stain. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Really, it's like if I had a big stain on my shirt, right? And I'm walking around and I'm acting like there's nothing wrong with my shirt. Everybody can see the stain on my shirt. Everybody's going to know. They're going to be like, Pastor, you need some help. Pastor, you, you got a stain on your shirt. And I try to act like there's no stain on my shirt. What good is that? So I put a coat on. I cover it up. What good is that? Why wouldn't I just want it clean? Why wouldn't I just want it wiped off? <laughs> Same is true of the sin in our lives. Why wouldn't we want in the end God to just clean us? Amen. Just take it away. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend you're something that you're not. Amen. You can be honest. But we're not honest because we're afraid. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of, of somebody rejecting us and not wanting to be around us because we've said we're afraid of the consequences. Sometimes you just got to live with the consequence. I'm sorry, we all do. But you know what? I can be forgiven. I can be cleansed. And I can move forward, right? 
We need to move forward. To walk in the light means to move forward. To walk in the darkness means to live in the past. We need to walk in the light and not walk in the darkness as it relates to being honest about ourselves and honest about sin. So what about as it relates to love? What is walking in the darkness as it relates to the area of love? Well, John says that it's hating our brothers and sisters. In the next chapter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, he says, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. It's still in the darkness. You can't hate someone. You can't hate your brothers and sisters and say that you're in the light. Amen. Right? You can't be walking in the light and then hate somebody. Amen. Now, this is not an easy thing, right? I'll tell you what. He, John says this in a couple of spots. And when I was a kid, I read this and I thought, oh, man, I'm in trouble. I read this verse to say that anyone that hates his brother cannot love God. I have one brother. I didn't like him very well. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, I am in trouble. <laughs> because me and my brother fought. Let me tell you, we fought. I don't know if anybody fought with their brothers, man. But I don't know what it's like today. But back in the day, we fought. I mean, I mean, like literally fought. I cracked his head open twice. First time was an accident. The second time, maybe not. But, you know, we fought, right? We were throwing darts one time. And he hit a dart back. And when I went up to the boards to collect the darts, he threw one and it stuck in my side. I was like, oh boy, it's on. And we tore up that basement. <laughs> we tore up that basement and threw stuff right and left, right? Sometimes my dad would be like, just go outside and get it out. Just get it out of your system. I don't even want to see it. I don't even want to be around it anymore. And I was scared. I was like, man, this verse says if I hate my brother, I can't love God. I'm in trouble because I want to be a Christian. But I got this brother that's really annoying me, Right? But God changed me. God revealed to me. I've come to learn as I've grown and matured, right? So what I'm talking about is being mature. We've got a lot of people that are Christians, but they're immature. They're still immature Christians, baby Christians, still acting like babies. You know, and we love you. We love you. We're there to help you. But you know what? You get tired of changing the diaper on a 25-year-old person. That's what we got in the church, man. So we got in the church. You got all these people that are Christians, but you're baby Christians. We're tired of feeding you with a spoon. We're tired of feeding you with a spoon. Come on, grow up. Grow up a little bit. And I grew up and I realized that my brother was my brother. And that my brother was my blood. And that my brother, I love my brother today. And my brother loves me because we are brothers. Because we are bound together by blood. And here's the thing. When you come and become a Christian, you get brought into the family of God. You become children of God, brought into God's family. And these become your sisters and brothers, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. So you are blood. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you cannot walk in the light and hate these other people that are your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. You cannot. That is just living a lie that's living in the darkness, that's not walking in the light, that's not living in the truth, that's not living in Jesus Christ, all right? But once again, we like to excuse ourselves, don't we? Once again, we like to say, well, of course I don't hate anyone. I'm not out, you know, committing acts of violence or aggression or oppressing anyone, right? Isn't that the problem we have in our society, right? Our society where we're actually hating each other? Can I get real for a minute? Where white communities and black communities are hating each other? And when we say, oh, I'm not, I don't hate that other community because I'm not out there oppressing them. I'm not out there committing acts of violence and aggression, right? But there's a kind of hatred that's more subtle and maybe just as bad as I think it is. And that's when we ignore or overlook or refuse to 
listen to what's going on. Friends, we've got communities where people are lying dead in the streets. Kind of like that man that was on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Right? And what did the religious leaders do? They ignored it. They walked by on the other side. They said, that's his problem. That's, that's their problem, right? But the Samaritan stopped, and he helped the person. And Jesus said, that's what it means to love your neighbor. That you actually pay attention to someone else that is hurting. You listen to someone that's hurting. You get involved, and you help someone. Amen? That's what it means to walk in the light. So don't excuse ourselves by saying, I'm not that bad. And yet, you know, as the, as the quote goes, right? And someone can tell me who it's from, but I know you know the quote. Evil flourishes when good people do nothing. Right? Evil flourishes. Darkness increases when people who have the light don't shine the light. They don't shine the light. It's like, it's like being honest, right? Let's be honest. Let's just admit who we are. Let's admit that we need to do more to love our brothers and sisters, right? Because that is exactly what it means to walk in the light as it relates to love. And again, 1 John says it so well. It says, anyone who loves their brother or sister lives in the light. I love that. I love the way it says in this man. You live solid, solid in the light. You know you are just solid in the light when you are loving your brother and your sister. But now listen to this. Most of you have heard of the verse John 3, 16, right? The most famous verse they say in the Bible. But you need to know another verse. 1 John 3, 16, amen? So you may have memorized John 3, 16, but you need to memorize this verse. 1 John 3, 16. And I'm just going to read it for you this morning. I don't have it up there, but I just want to read it for you. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our sisters and brothers. This is how we know what love is. Amen. There's the verse. You can take a picture of it. Look it up later. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It says if anyone has material possessions. And sees a brother or sister in need. But has no pity on him. How can the love of God be in them? How can the love. Why? What are we so afraid of? Why are so many of my friends. In the white community, so afraid to talk about what's happening in the black and Latino communities. Why? Why? We're all hurting. And we should have compassion. We should care. It says, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Amen. That's how we really love. If you want to walk in the light, don't just say you love somebody, but love with actions and in truth. This is a picture of light. Amen, right? So you talk about the Holy Spirit giving you a little inspiration, right? Like he gave you Chelsea in the antique store. Lord, give me a little inspiration. We're talking about how light represents what God wants us to do. You know that this is a picture of light, right? That if you break down light, all together that becomes light. What do you notice about that? It's all different colors, right? So if you want to live in the light, who do we need to love? And there you go. Preach it. Preach it for us. Preach it. If we want to live in the light, if we want to live in the light, we need to love. We need to be honest about ourselves, about our own sin. Just come clean. Just be honest. Live in the light. Come out of hiding. Amen. And love, not just with words, not just saying we do it, not just with a post on Facebook. 
Amen. But with actions ain't in truth, right? Because everybody wants to post something, but who's actually out there doing something, right? Doing something about it. All kinds of people. And again, I'm not supporting or promoting anyone other than Jesus Christ. Hear me clearly. I want to mention a name, and I'm not supporting or promoting this person. I support and promote Jesus Christ. But I think in this one thing, there is an example for us to follow. There was a football player named Colin Kaepernick that everybody knows because of his protest, not because of his football player, right? And everybody has criticized him right and left and up and down. Do you realize that he is in the process of completing a pledge that he gave to give a million dollars to community organizations that are working for truth and justice. And this began over a year and a half ago. Amen. So uh, whatever you want to think about what he did in the beginning, there's someone who didn't just have the words, but who over a long period of time has consistently given money to help people in communities that are working for justice and working for righteousness. I don't know all the groups he gave to, but I just turned on the radio. The last group that he donated to, and he's still in the process of donating, was an organization that pays travel expenses for family to visit their relatives in jail because they can't get to where they are in jail. And visit so it's those kinds of things. And again, I don't say that to promote him or to support him. What I say is to give us an example, an idea that encourages us that we need to walk the walk, right? Let us love not in words and tongue, but in actions and in truth. In actions and in truth. And that's what God is calling us, each and every one of us to do. So here are the two things I want us to remember this morning. Be honest about yourself this morning. Come out of hiding. There's no need to hide anymore. Amen? Amen? Don't be afraid to confess. Don't be afraid to admit you're wrong. Because in Christ, all of us who are in Christ... There's forgiveness. God is faithful and just and will forgive us of all of our sins. It says right, right in the next chapter, John chapter 2, in the first couple of verses, it says, Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice, not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Amen? Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? That there is forgiveness of sins because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Not only for us, but for everyone. Amen. We should give thanks to God. Give him thanks. Right? Give him thanks. That shows me who's honest, right? The people who praise God, I know they've been honest about it because they, they're the ones who've confessed their sins, been forgiven of their sins, and that experience transforms you. Those are the people who give praise. Amen. Those are the people who say, yes, yes, God, yes. Thank you for cleansing me, all right? I want, you guys, I want you guys to have an opportunity this morning to listen to the voice of God. So we kind of have three components to our gathering. We sing, praise, and worship. We have time to worship God. We have time to listen to God's word as I try to proclaim what God has laid on my heart to tell you. But then I also want to have the last part of our time together be a time where we can really listen to and experience the presence of God for ourselves. Okay? So um, I'm going to give everyone a note card, all right? I'm going to start one here. And you just take one, pass it back, and I'll start here. You can take one, pass it down the middle. You guys can take one and pass it back, all right? And I want to make sure everybody has a pen. So if you don't have a pen, my friend Dan Birdie wearing the Gronkowski jersey, and his friend John, who silenced his cell phone, will be happy to give you pens. <laughs> I love you, John. I love you. So raise your hand if you need a pen. Raise your hand if you need a pen this morning. And we're just going to encounter the presence of the Lord together this morning. Amen.